What in tarnation? Is that the dinner bell? Well, hooray! It must be feeding time, brother. Come on down and get yourself a bowl of that nice, juicy feed. Good afternoon. I'm Ewan King with our newest episode of The Feed this semester. We've got a lot of stories, including a recap of last weekend's open house and a preview of our next four-day weekend. But first, Remembrance Day is almost here, and it honors the soldiers that give their lives fighting for their country. I took a look at the somber day. In Canada, Remembrance Day is held every November 11th to recognize the men and women who have given up their lives serving our country. Over the next week leading up to the 11th, Edmonton will be home to numerous different ceremonies across the city that will honor all people in the armed forces. For John King, Deputy Chairman of the 700 Wing Royal Canadian Air Force Association, honoring those killed in battle takes the forefront. And uh, it differs from who you are to what Remembrance Day means. Uh, for military, especially, uh, Remembrance Day for us is really very much focused on the fallen. In recent years, due to COVID-19 restrictions, many ceremonies across the country were limited to the public to comply with government guidelines. Many turned to online broadcasting options to continue the Remembrance Day tradition. With Alberta restriction-free, public attendance is expected to be much greater. King is excited to see the return of in-person activities, specifically regarding Edmonton's Air Cadets. That's going to be nice to see that, you know, because a lot of these kids, most won't join the services, but a lot of them will. And it inculcates them into that act of remembrance that's uh, so important in, you know, a life of service. Remembrance Day ceremonies will also recognize those who have given up their lives protecting Canada at home. This includes our police forces, such as the RCMP, as well as firefighters. Regardless of the branch of service, King states that all that's needed from the public is just two minutes of your time. All we ask as uh, veterans is two minutes of time that you can join us and remember and silence all of those who gave all for this country. King will be a part of the RCAF Association Ceremony being held at the Alberta Aviation Museum in Edmonton. For NR92 News, I'm Ewan King. As seasons are changing and the temperatures start to drop, so do moods and self-esteem as seasonal depression can take hold of many. Nate from NR92 News is here to tell you more. Officially named Seasonal Affective Disorder, Seasonal Depression renews itself as a perennial interest of many, according to Tanya Spencer, Nate's student counseling lead. Upon first look, SAD has similar symptoms to general depression. To learn more, we spoke with youth development specialist Stephanie Zottel at the Glenrose Rehabilitation Hospital. But you mostly want to be on the lookout for changes in mood and behavior. That might look like an increase in irritability, especially with like fall to winter. You might notice you're sleeping more. You might have some appetite changes. You might be feeling a lack of motivation. A lot of people describe experiencing kind of negative self-talk, a decrease in their interest in things that they used to really love and do all the time they notice that suddenly they're either less interested or less able to do those things Zottel points out the consistent cycle with the seasons as the main difference. In light of awareness focused toward the colder seasons, Zottel dispels that seasonal depression is experienced all seasons of the year. Seasonal depression is usually associated with a change in the seasons, primarily from fall to winter is what most people experience. Um, it can also be associated with that spring and summer shift as well. With most sufferers affected during the winter, Zottel shares some 
some tips on how to prepare for the coming months. You would want to be putting in place activities that you really like, scheduling those weekly or daily. So you always have something that you are occupied with and that you enjoy as part of your routine. Look into supports. A therapist that you connect well with would also be able to help support and recognize when symptoms are disruptive. There are different kinds of light therapies that you can use for seasonal depression that's associated with the fall and winter. Um, you also might want some like vitamin D supplements. If you're struggling with depression or other mental health, you can book an appointment with Nate Student Counseling at counseling at nate.ca or by calling 780-378-6133. You can also contact Access 24-7 at 780-424-2424 and Kids Help Phone at 1-800. 1-800-668-6868. This has been Nate with you from NR92 News. People are back working in office, but what's it like for people who are still working from home? NR92's Stuart Wilcox reports. With most workers going back into in-house operations, I wonder what it's like for people still working at home. Scott, a civil engineer, still works at his house. He's been working with his company for about nine years, but has been working at home for at least two and a half. And he says he's more productive at home. I think overall I get more work done at home. It's easier to focus when you're by yourself. I have a unique situation where most of my team colleagues are in a different city anyways, so working in the office environment, it's still a phone call to talk to my team anyway, so doing that from home is more convenient, although I sometimes get distracted helping people in other groups with their stuff, so working from home allows me to be a little bit more focused and efficient. It's more convenient because the people he works with aren't even in his office. He also says that there are many upsides to working from home that wouldn't be possible if he was in office. There's no commute. You know, there's a snowy day, the roads are icy. Uh, all I have to do is um, walk downstairs. The coffee is a lot better. I get to spend more time with my family and I get to cook more, uh, which is something that I could really only do on weekends, but now I could do um, any day of the week. It must be nice working right at home, because after a long day, you can just lay down without having to worry about the commute. But with working from home, it can be difficult to keep that work-life and home-life balance. I think the biggest disadvantage for me is that when I worked in the office, it was really easy to separate my work life and focus from my home life and focus. But now that I work and live from home, that line kind of gets blurred. For NR92, I'm Stuart Wilcox. After a long battle with COVID, students are returning to in-person classes. While many students rejoice, others are experiencing the Nate campus for the first time. Jaden Pichet gives us a look into how students are dealing with the transition. This is the first semester in the last few years where majority, if not all, of Nate's students are in-person for their courses. For some, it's a wonderful return to campus, where they can interact and hang out with their peers. For others, however, this is their first time seeing Nate in its full glory. When you've spent the last year learning entirely online, like Tegan Pichet, a second-year student in the video game design program, transitioning to online can be a challenge. Of course, having to physically go into class was a bit different, because I have to drive all the way there when Normally, when I'm doing it at home, I don't even have to set an alarm, really, and just 
I just get up and by the time I'm awake, typically class is starting, I just pop on my computer. Transitioning to in-person isn't all bad, however. Being surrounded by fellow students instead of sitting at your desk beside your bed helps bring a sense of belonging and togetherness. Plus, being able to directly ask your peers for help is something that was very difficult online. With online, while you can like email your teachers or maybe join a Discord server with your classmates or something, it's somewhat limited with how much you can really communicate with each other. And when you're actually in person, they can come over and like maybe look at your computer screen and know exactly what's going on and be able to help you there. Perhaps the most interesting challenge to overcome for people like Tegan is learning the campus layout as well as the many different amenities around Nate. Prior to coming in person, he had never seen the main campus before and was taken aback by it all. I didn't expect the campus to be all that big. I always imagined like a university campus would be like a high school. You have like one big school, maybe like a small side building that's probably connected to it, like a portables or something, and that's it. So if you see someone who looks lost, make sure to lend them a hand. I have no doubt that they'll be grateful. This has been Jane Pichet for NR92 News. Nate's open house has come and gone. Riley Nielsen with NR92, NR92 News was there covering it. Nate hosted its first in-person open house since 2019 and had plenty of prospecting students looking at all the different things that Nate has to offer. With plenty of programs to choose from, there were booths set up all the way from the Cap Building all the way to our radio and TV studios here in the V Building. This led to a wide variety of different prospecting students attending Nate's campus for the event. Some students were drawn into Open House because of the perks it had to offer. Uh, I think it was the free parking for sure. I hate spending money. Others were drawn due to their interests in a specific program that they wanted more information on. I talk a lot. I'm a huge fan of podcasting. I think taking this program will really help me with that goal of being a micro-celebrity and having a podcast. <laughs> Some students, however, did not know where they wanted to go quite yet. Uh, no clue right now, I'm just kind of browsing. This is the first program I've checked out so far, so I'm just taking a look at all the courses and see what there is out there. So I'm trying to check out all the Edmonton schools there are and just check out my options pretty much. The open house did help with those uncertainties though, as they got needed information and found programs they might be interested in. I might be now! Got to see a couple of good sites, got a couple of brochures. Riley Nielsen, NR92 News. And one of the featured programs at the Open House was ours, the radio and television program. Warren Jansons with NR92 has a look at that. Nate recently hosted an open house that brought lots of people to check out the many different programs after being online since its last in-person open house in 2019. The radio and TV program was featured at the open house and brought many people to discover what the program has to offer. Radio and Television Chair Patrick Glenza was thrilled with how the open house turned out. I wasn't sure what to expect after two years without an open house, so um, I think it probably exceeded my expectations this time. I thought it was really, really well attended. This year's open house was a highly interactive one that gave future students a look into what radio and television programs offer. It gave students a behind-the-scenes look at radio and TV that interested many I thought it was tremendous. I thought uh, 
we had three sort of locations, uh, the South Lobby, we had um, an area in Cap building, and then we had the radio and television studios. Students that were not able to make it had the opportunity to check out the online radio and television parts of the open house this past Monday. Patrick Lenza said they had a smaller turnout than in person. The online was only for a couple hours and it was early on a Monday morning and it was more for international students, so people that were in different time zones. So um, I talked to a few people, uh, but it certainly wasn't the same as what we had on Saturday. Students who attended the open house this past Saturday got the opportunity to go on air for radio and do newscasts for television. The radio and television open house that was put on sparked interest for many that may apply in the coming school years. Warren Jansen's NR92 News. Following a devastating loss in typical Oilers fashion, NR92's Jeskuret Mander has caught up with an Oilers superfan to get his thoughts. The Oilers hosted the New Jersey Devils on a very joyous and emotional night where legendary Oiler Ryan Smith was inducted into the Oilers Hall of Fame. What started off as a close battle after one period, went the Oilers' way after two as they took a 3-1 lead into the third. The Devils rallied three unanswered in the third to complete the comeback. I caught up with Oilers superfan Ajay Sidhu to get his thoughts. Yeah, it was a tough loss today. Uh, I think the boys played better than the Devils for most of that game, but uh, in typical old Oilers fashion, they choked in the last 20 seconds. I mean, to go into the third period up 3-2 for the final score to be... Uh, 4-3 the other way. He also spoke on the changeup and goaltending this season. I mean, the Oilers signed uh, Campbell to a decent contract, I think. It's not bad for the price, but I think Stuart Skinner is really going to run away with the starting job this year. If you look around the league, I mean, those homegrown uh, um, talents, I'm talking about teams that draft their goalies, they really become starters. Igor Shosturkin or Vasilevsky. Uh, Stuart is one of those guys, and it just... The fact that he's from Edmonton makes it that much better, and I think he's going to have a promising career here. With the goaltending situation looking like it's sorted out, he touched on how the Oilers are looking going forward in the season. The Oilers are definitely in their window right now. Uh, they have Dry Settle and McDavid on two amazing contracts, really, if you look at it. I mean, until the cap goes up, if the cap goes up, those contracts are going to be even better. But they're in their window now, and I think Holland's made the moves to put this team in a position to win right now. Um, the decor could could use some help, but we've got a lot of firepower up front. Um, and I think we shared up our goalie situation at least a little bit. Um, the NHL right now is it's a 3-2 league, but if you watch the Oilers games, uh, they're more like 7-4, 7-5. And I think with that much firepower, uh, the Oilers are easily the best team in the West right now. With NR92, I'm Jaskirat Mandir. Netflix, the American-based streaming service, has finally released their cheaper subscription plan. But with a bit of a twist, there's commercials. NR92's Logan McNeil was able to talk to a longtime Netflix user to find out what they think. Netflix has grown a lot since it first came out as a DVD rental service back in 1997. Now it's easily considered a top dog when anyone mentions watching TV or movies. According to their own official stats, people watched over 57 billion minutes of The Office in 2020. That's more watch time than the average human lifespan multiple times over. Now, however, Netflix has sort of entered what some people might call a flop era. They are losing money in subscribers rapidly, but to combat that, they've released a new subscription option for people that is cheaper than the original. But there's a downside. This version has commercials. 
Leah Callahazen, a woman who has used the service for years, thinks that commercials are worth paying less for the service. Um, I think it is. Um, I believe, I don't know, I like paying the higher price so I don't have to watch the commercial. But, I mean, if money is tight for some people and they still want to be able to watch their Netflix, if that's the better option, then I think go for it. As of right now, Leah says that Netflix's cheaper option isn't for her, but if costs continue to rise, then she might have to start considering it. Right now, no. I think I'll probably leave it as is. But, I mean, if prices, you know, like food and gas and stuff like that, if that does go up, then I might be cutting costs, and yeah, that will happen. Leah says that she likes the idea of other subscription services like Disney Plus or HBO going down the same route and that if they do it, it might open more opportunities for her to subscribe to other services. If they can get um, more people to watch their shows by lowering their costs, um, I'm sure they'll do it. So it wouldn't be so bad, but I mean if everyone ends up doing it, I might just join the, the bandwagon and do it. Like I don't watch HBO or Hulu, but I do watch Disney, so I mean if that Right now, Netflix charges $15.99 Canadian for their original service and $5.99 for the version with commercials. Logan McNeil, NR92 News. Nate is already halfway through their winter semester and Nate students are beginning to feel burnout. NR92's Ethan Matt asked Nate students on their thoughts on the upcoming weekend. With over half of Nate's fall semester being completed and the second four-day weekend of the term just being six days away, plenty of Nate students are ready for an extended break. I decided to talk to some Nate students to get some of their thoughts on the upcoming long weekend. I talked to Otelia, a student in the dental program here at Nate, and she believes it is crucial for Nate students to get a break. I feel like... Uh... Yeah, those long weekends really gives a, a break that we can come back recharged and like, you know, with new energy and do better in our studying. A majority of the other Nate students that I talk to all seem to share the same opinion that this break is needed. Uh, we need badly <laughs> because we have classes like for engineering, we have classes for five days and uh, I started at eight in the morning, leave the home at six and uh, Leave, home, leave for home at 5, so I need it badly. I think everyone needs it badly. Oh, very. I'm very tired, and I know many of my classmates are also very tired. I think it's needed. It's, it's good to have a break, um, especially a longer one, so I definitely think it's needed. Balancing school with your normal life can be difficult for a lot of students to accommodate. With only four days to reset, it becomes even more important for students to find a balance between relaxing and schoolwork. When presented to Nate students, they gave me mixed answers. It all depends. If a week after the long weekend is not like as busy, uh, not many assessments coming up, then I would use it to more, mostly just like hang out and rest. If there is something coming up, I probably would like would love to balance it, right? Yeah, like half of the days I would study and half just have some rest. If I have schoolwork to do, I will use the long weekend to get it done, but usually I get it all done beforehand so I can just enjoy my weekend. Overall, it seems that Nate's students are due for a break. I'm Ethan Matt with NR92 News. Thanks for listening to The Feed. Listen to us again on Sunday night at 7.30. And our next show will be in three weeks on November 25th when we'll, when we'll be getting ready for the Christmas season. I'm Ewan King for NR92.
Thanks for listening to The Feed. Hear it again on NR92 Sunday night at 7.30 or find it on NR92 SoundCloud.